Welcome to Tech Transforms, sponsored by Dynatrace. I'm Carolyn Ford. Each week, Mark Snell and I talk with top influencers to explore how the U.S. government is harnessing the power of technology to solve complex challenges and improve our lives. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Good morning, Carolyn. I'm doing well. Glad to be back. Me too. Me too. And today we get to talk to someone who has been recognized as one of the top 100 most influential channel women by CRN, Amy Belcher, independent software vendor, sales and go-to-market leader for worldwide public sector at Amazon Web Services. Today, we're going to get Amy's insight on the importance of industry partnerships and trends within the public sector. Welcome to Tech Transforms, Amy. Thank you so much, Caroline and Mark. Pleasure to be here. Good to see you again, Amy. Likewise. Did we we get your title right? Because that's a mouthful. You you did, and I'm super impressed by that. It it is a mouthful. Um, And, you know, I was reading through your bio, lots of impressive... uh, You've done a lot of impressive things. So today I want to talk, let's let's actually start with that. And can you talk to us about your role at AWS? Yeah, yeah. So again, I lead a, a public sector partner team focused on supporting independent software vendors, ISVs, or we call software partners. In my role, our our goal and my team's goal is to solve customer problems in the public sector by working with software partners. So we work with partners who service government agencies, nonprofit, nonprofit health organizations, and and education. So here's one one real life example. Um, When COVID hit, healthcare workers and researchers needed a way to access COVID information Think about mask, personal protection equipment, or PPE, and the deliveries would come and we had to track where they would come from, et cetera. But as COVID evolved, public sector needed a way to figure out the vaccine information and availability, particularly researchers and medical facilities. Um, The major speed bump there was accessing clinical health data in an open and accessible but secure way. So our software partner, Palantir, worked with the National Health Institute and NC3, which is the National COVID Cohort Collaboration. And together they developed the NC3 Data Enclave. This tool is built on AWS. This is a secure platform that harmonizes clinical data by contributing members and it's stored in the cloud. So what that means for us is it's the largest COVID-19 platform in the world, tracks more than 1,000 researchers and 180 plus COVID projects in one centralized global database. So that's an example of the type of work that my team and I do at AWS, working with software partners. Well, I never never even thought of that. So that's like practical, real use that's taking place. I, I think of it completely differently. I think of like how you guys are using different technologies to help customers like from an IT perspective. Mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of my preconceived notion of, you know, I work for a software company, right? So I think that way, I didn't even think about the, the practical real life uh, applications that, you know, your job does. So that's interesting. Yeah. Right. I had no idea. As you were talking, Amy, I'm just thinking about all the logistics and all the little 
Like that's just one example. I'm sure there are hundreds just to do with COVID and just to do with getting the vaccine out, different applications that were needed, making sure that this site is up and running and as it should be, and people can access what they need to when the complexity of it all, we don't see that as end users, right? Right. We, we go to the website and say, yeah, send me my test kits. That's right. So Amy, kind of kind of jumping back to the, to the IT side of that, how is AWS helping to propel or advance technology in, in the public sector? Yeah, we work with and enable and coach partners to work with governments and public sector entities around the world, ultimately increasing their business and, of course, increasing um, AWS's business, but driving customer problems and solutions. So one of the most frequently asked questions I get is, how do we, the software partners, become certified to sell to governments around the world? Uh, And so so this is a hot topic, especially in in a a um, pre-COVID, post-COVID era. So for context, when companies want to work with governments, depending on the government, there can be regulations that they need to meet in areas like cybersecurity or data safety. Do you mean like FedRAM? Bingo. Exactly. Uh, That was... It's a great segue. So a partner looking to sell to the U.S. Department of, of Defense need to be FedRAMP certified. So yeah. for those in the audience who may not be familiar, that's the Federal Risk and Authorization Management Program that basically says uh, there's a standardized approach, secure approach that the solution and the software is, is authorized for continuous monitor, monitoring for cloud products and solution. This is where my team comes in. No, some of those regulations like FedRAMP can take more than two years yeah. for a company to, to earn. Um, and so my team, it's called the Authority to Operate team, um, works with partners who help other software partners earn their uh, government certifications like FedRAMP. So Infusion Points is a partner we work with in our ATO program who help ISVs like VMware become FedRAMP certified. Infusion points drives sales engagements and scale with our ISVs, not just to get them FedRAMP certified, but it's about the post-certification too. How do we help them scale their business post-certification? Since we've been working with infusion points, they have experienced more growth as a result of their ATO-related leads and things like FedRAMP than anything in the prior 14 years since they've been in business. So my team helps enable partners working through other partners as trusted advisors and look to certify their solutions. That's fantastic. I know we're working with you guys on that very same thing, but but you're also talking about like like GovCloud, like IL four or five, whatever it may be, right? It's those different. Right. Yeah. Those okay. certifications. I mean, I know, like, not that I do them. I just hear the talk on the side. Just like you said, FedRAMP can take. And that's FedRAMP low can take two years, right? That's right. And then there's all these other certifications on top of it, these ATOs that have to be done. So that's um, fantastic that you guys help industry. So you've seen a lot of technology trends, changes throughout your career. What would you say the big ones and specifically in public sector are like right now that we need to focus on? Yeah, top three, top three, if I had to narrow it to three, would be speed. So um, again, that's in part because of, of COVID. Um, governments are really acting like startups now. They're asking for new technology to be built, secured, and deployed faster than ever. 
So as a result of that, we're working with software partners within AWS to experiment and deploy quickly and reliably at scale. So that's number one. Number two is flexibility. Speed to deployment. Bingo. Exactly. Speed to deployment. Um, Number two is flexibility. Uh, So the world as a whole has changed, especially in the last couple of years. Um, We need to be productive and creative from from any time, anywhere. So many organizations have implemented a hybrid work environment, and that impacts public sector customers, our software partners, and AWS. So right now I'm working, you can probably see in my in my home office, but yeah. next week, next week I'll be on an airplane. I'll be working from my hotel, I'll be in partner offices. I need to be able to access my AWS information, our VPN, quickly and flexibly so that I can do my job. But most important, and this is number three, is securely. Yeah. So, so customers are asking to secure clouds with local control and global reach. And AWS is architected to be the most flexible and secure cloud computing environment available today. Our core infrastructure is built to satisfy security requirements for military, global banks, and other high-sensitivity organizations. We support 98 security standards and compliance certifications, including HIPAA, FedRAMP, GDPR, helping to satisfy compliance requirements for virtually every regulatory agency across the globe. So it's it's speed, flexibility, and security, I'd say, are the top three trends. Yeah. I love it. I love it when we do the bite size. I want to go back to the flexibility. And this is without going down too much of a rabbit hole. You said, you know, we've changed in the last couple of years dr- drastically how how we work and government too. like government. Remember, they used to say we would we could never work from home. We could never. Right. Then, then we had to. So I'm curious, do you think that will go back to the old ways or do you think like these changes, the horse is out of the barn? Yeah, horses out of the yeah. barn. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Amy, are these are these like? Do you see these as AWS things or just trend, a, a general like the public sector trends? I think these are general technology trends in the public sector. Yeah. AWS um, is, is is leading with those trends to make sure that we're providing solutions for our, our customers. How do you? How do you think that these trends are going to change the industry? Yeah, I think we'll continue to see the industry innovate at a more rapid pace to better serve public sector needs. Let me give you a factoid. Um, In 2011, AWS released over 80 significant services and features, 88.0. That's back in 2011. Last year, in 2021, 10 years later, we released 3,084 significant services and features. Yikes. So we have to deliver impact quickly to be able to continue to be important. I think that you'll see um, delivering the tools to partners is critical for us to help service our customers. There's a few different key programs um, that we've developed to help partners focus on speed, security, and flexibility for customers. One of those is, is what we call Solution Spark. It's a program we offer that delivers on speed. Solution Spark. Um, Spark is an open source uh, software in key vertical areas, and it and it jump starts what solution providers can offer. So it's the basic building blocks and the code to get partners started, as well as training and resources 
to build and further customize on top of AWS innovation. Yeah, and the, and the security part. So you went from 80, did you say 2011? Yeah, 11 years ago. To 300 and what? 3,084. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, Last so year. yeah, see, you're breaking my brain. So to <laughs> 3, 000, over 3,000, and you're do, you, those, those are just as secure as the 80 that were about a decade ago. Correct, correct. Our core focus on security has not changed. Yeah, that's incredible. You work with a lot of partners spanning public sector and commercial industries. How have you seen the partnerships progress? I mean, and part of it is the, you just mentioned it, speed, flexibility, security, right? But what else have you seen with these partners and how they progressed and how they work with public sector? Yeah, so traditionally partners were more focused on one or the other. They were either commercial or they were public sector very Mm -hmm. compartmentalized. And now we're seeing it converge. And so uh, partners that were historically commercially focused, as an example, are now entering the public sector market or have significant focus on public sector. Um, The benefits for public sector, uh, the partners and customers, governments, nonprofit, health, education, they get the speed and the expertise from these legacy commercial partners, and it helps drive innovation. Um, through creative use of technology. Kind of kind of leveraging on that discussion a little bit, can you tell us, can you give, give me your take on why you think partnerships are so important in the public sector? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's the, it's the human aspect. You have to have a heart for it. It's the mission. It's the mission to serve governments and nonprofit education, healthcare, Um, these organizations are doing so much good around the world. Um, For me personally, it it, um, drives me and my team to help solve those problems. And and we know it's the partners who have invested in public public sector that drive that success. Um, We have uh, many ISVs that are innovating on behalf of public sector customers to achieve some really incredible things. I'll give you another example, Petrocinium is one of our partners who saw that the public sector was facing um, a challenge and they set their minds on solving it. So in times of an emergency, I'm I'm in Florida, so when we talk emergency, it's usually hurricane related. Um, (laughs) Yes, yes. In times of emergency, there was no standard way to communicate information about food, shelter, um, evacuations, and essential citizen services. So Patrocinium created emergency notification system that pushes communications out to to citizens from the phone. So customers like Red Cross and NATO, they use Patrocinium solution, it's called Chronica, to push important information to citizens about those citizen services in a time of crisis. I love that. Sorry, go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry, Karen. I was just going to say, you know, uh, you brought you brought up something that you know over in over 20 years, you know, I've talked to a lot of people who support the federal government, uh, from, from the industry side of the house or, you know, uh, whether, whether it be state and local as well. And it, you're right. It, they, it's like, it's like a common theme. It's like, I want to support the mission. I have talked to quite a few folks. They said, look, I didn't never served in the military and this is my opportunity to serve and support the mission of what, you know, the government does, or if it's the DOD and what the DOD does, et cetera. Um, it's really, it's really something I've seen, um, you know, across the board. 
Well, it gets me so excited, the example that you just gave, Amy, when we're using technology, I mean, it's kind of the theme of our show, to better our lives and how the government is doing that. And back to your earlier point about um, these partnerships speeding innovation, like when we're we're better together, right? I mean, I saw a big telecom company using drones. They were demoing this on a a show floor that I went to. They were using drones to stand up um, emergency cell towers. And I was like, Mm. ah, that's pretty cool. Right. Like, because sales, one of the things that's going to go out in a hurricane. And so FEMA is using their drones and then this telecom, you know, their services to stand these up like immediately. Super cool. Can I sidebar? Can I sidebar for a second? Sidebar. Sidebar. (laughs) So, so this is a great conversation. So, so Amy, um, one the, the very first podcast that Carolyn and I did was with General Stanley McChrystal. One of the things that he said that, that, that I found very interesting was he felt like it, the state of the country where we need to be is to have some institute, some sort of national thing where everyone has to serve. Like they turn, you turn 18 years old, you have to serve in some capacity. It doesn't have to be the military or whatever, but it can be the Peace Corps. It can be you know, some sort of civil service or something where you do for two years. He said he felt like that was something that would pull the country together and make Mm -hmm. people, you know, feel like, you know, more tied to the country. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because I was thinking about it when you brought up the the whole, you know, people want to support the mission. And I I forgot about that. And that's, I mean, Amy, that's exactly what your team's doing, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There's my sidebar. It was a good sidebar. I forgot about that conversation. It's great to see us coming back to like these themes of finding ways to make our lives better with technology, finding ways to join together like you're doing at AWS, Amy. In fact, let's talk about that a little bit. You've already said a lot of things um, to answer this next question, but what are the benefits to the commercial organizations partnering with these government agencies. Yeah, I think um, I think if we talk about the uh, value of partnerships as a whole, it's yeah. the breadth of of partnerships first and foremost. So, Amazon's partner network has more than a hundred thousand partners. Think about that: hundred thousand partners across the globe who all have unique and compelling technologies and solutions. And then, second is the depth of the partners' um, expertise. So, uh, authority to operate was one example that I gave earlier um, where my team is is helping partners um, in the depth of their partner expertise through other partners. And that's just one example. Um, and number three is just overall the partner to partner connections. We're seeing more and more of our software partners work with other AWS APN partners, consulting partners, solution providers, distributors um, to leverage their skills and their expertise um, to better serve public sector customers, we may need to we may need to sidebar on that ATO thing. You could help us out with some of that. Yeah, I'd no, love to. Right, I'd love to. <laughs> it's brutal. Yeah, yeah, I would love to spend more time on that with you, Mark. Happy to. Yeah. All right, Mark. Keep your personal business out of the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, let's let's go to the even more fun part of our our podcast, which is the tech talk questions. So quick hit questions, Amy. And if there's some that we ask you that you would rather not answer, you can say pass. Okay. Um, but I will 
start off with the first one. What do you think, what do you wish would be the next big leap in technology? Like Mark, maybe we should sidebar my, my personal view uh, <laughs> as a um, mom of two teenage sons. Um, any technology that can help with household management is, is, <laughs> is on my wish list. So the, uh, for the ones that come to mind, um, uh, Instacart has changed the way we ah, purchase yeah. groceries. And as a mom of two teenage sons, I purchase a lot of groceries. Um, so that has made it so much easier to purchase food uh, for my family. Two is just household management. Uh, we have our thermostats. We live in Florida, so air conditioning is, is key in the summer. We, we control our thermostats through our phone. And we have two dogs. So imagine that, two teenage sons, two dogs that shed a lot. Wonderful. We have an iRobot that we can power at any time, anywhere from our phones and come home to a dog hair-free floor. So for me, it's about the technology to better manage my household so that I can spend more time as mom focusing on my children and on my husband. Great answer. It, it is. And, and, I, and I had the uh, pleasure of going to the CES conference in Las Vegas a few years ago, and uh, they had a whole building dedicated to smarter cities and smarter homes and things like that. And there were companies that were showing a lot of their new gadgetry around that kind of stuff. I, I, I didn't spend a ton of time there, but uh, th it was funny. They had a whole building around. Okay, let's sidebar just a little bit. I want to know both of your opinions because I've talked to white hat hackers and they see these, you know, the internet of things as kind of a big security risk. Even the the Roomba vacuum or the iRobot vacuum, I have one too. And one of the things she said is don't let that thing map your house. I mean, because now there's a map of your house out in the cloud. And I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. So I still let it do it. <laughs> but what do you guys think about you know enabling our homes and our cities in this smart way? I mean, we can start citing movies, which I love to do you know, the catastrophes that can happen. Somebody wants to map my house, have at it. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not a state secret. They could probably get the, the plans to the house from the county anyway. They probably have better access accessing the county file than they can uh, hacking into my Roomba. <laughs> what do you think, Amy? Um, uh, plus one to Mark. We are selective. My family is selective about the apps that we use um, for security reasons and the technology that we use. Um, making sure that the uh, the apps that we use are in secure platform. Um, many of them are built on AWS, but like Mark, um, you know, welcome welcome folks to my house. I don't think that there's a lot here that's that necessarily is is uh, is private that I wouldn't be able to share. Yeah. So the insider thread of my background kicks into gear and is like, yeah, but you guys, nope, not going to go there. Um, <laughs> that's just paranoia kicking in. You, I know, you, you've, been right? around, you've been around too many military people. I have been, I have been in that world way too long. So, but I like what you said, Amy, you use them mindfully, right? You're aware of what apps you're using. You're aware of the security yep. parameters around those apps and you go in and, and set them. So, okay. Right. All right, Mark, you get the next question. Sure. Well, spe so speaking of like apps and things like that. So um, what, what kind of stuff uh, inspires you today that you're seeing, whether it's like podcasts or TV or books or movies or anything like that, any, anything kind of inspiring you? 
Yeah, anything um, that is is focused on uh, the people and how we better lead teams. So podcast is a, is an example, how we better inspire and lead our, our teams. And I think what we learned through COVID is the power of empathy. Um, the power of empathy as a leader uh, is was so important, is so important. Um, and I think it will continue to be important as we understand people are balancing that kind of that work-life um, uh, and trying to find the harmony between work life. And it, it's really hard to innovate if you don't have strong talent. Yeah. Um, there was a recent study by Catalyst that that reported that people who said their leaders were empathetic, um, 61% of those said that they are able to innovate because they work for empathetic leaders compared to 13% of employees without empathetic leaders. So I focus on um, uh, podcasts and things like that, where there was a, there's a focus on how to how to better lead people, how to coach and develop people to harness their superpowers, and also um, how to improve in those areas of opportunity. Um, uh, would you feel comfortable sharing some of those? Like, yeah, I'd love to. So I'm a huge Audible fan. Uh, I drive mm-hmm. to, from my son's school to to pick him up from high school. So I listen during the commutes to Audible. One that I think should be listened to every year, just as a recurring theme, is Five Dysfunctions of a Team. I don't know that one. Okay, writing it great. down. We'll put that yeah. in the we'll put that in the show notes too. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a great it's a great book, um, and and talks about some common mistakes that teams make, including the lack of trust, the fear of of conflict, and avoidance of accountability. Um, there's some good lessons. Yeah, and and the, the second probably most favorite one that I've listened to recently is never split the difference. This is Chris Voss and it's all about um, um, delivering outcomes for, for all parties in a discussion or negotiation. Two, I have never heard of. See, mostly we ask these questions so I can build my reading list. This Ah, is is all about me. (laughs) (laughs) Highly recommend those two. Those are really, those are good ones. Okay. Last question. Do you ever do just like mind trash, like movies or shows, (laughs) like, you know, stranger things, anything like that? Well, I love uh, movies uh, on crime, crime stories. I like the problem solving aspect of it, the putting the puzzle pieces together. Um, and I also like the, the people as- aspect of it, the trust um, yeah. uh, part of it. Godfather is probably my favorite. I've seen it a hundred times easily. Um, can't get enough of it. I love Godfather, but any of any movies or series that are, are um, uh, similar in theme, that kind of crime theme. Uh, it's it's all about the importance of not just finding the problem and solving the problem, but the importance of trust and relationship, which is something I've found to be true in life and my career too. Again, it's all about the people on the team. Great. I feel like only murders in the building might be a little light on the crime scene for you, but I do love that one. Have you you heard good things? I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things. It it's funny. I mean, it's Steve Martin and Martin Short like they're hilarious. So have you seen it, Mark? No. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, guys. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for taking time to share your insights with us. And thank you. The detail like of the case studies. I mean, that, thank you. I really appreciate the insight. Yeah. My pleasure. My pleasure. Really enjoyed it. And I thank you for the invitation. Well, we would love to have you back anytime. 
I'd love it. Let's do it. All right. Well, thank you. And thanks to our listeners. Be sure to share and like this episode. And we will be back next week on Tech Transforms. Thanks for joining Tech Transforms, sponsored by Dynatrace. For more Tech Transforms, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. 